0: Now is the time for us to establish mindfulness in the present moment. have mindfulness with the in and out breathing. We recollect the breath with mindfulness. So this mindfulness is the ability to recollect and sampajanya is a all around knowing and awareness. And usually when we breathe in and out, we do not have mindfulness, we're not aware of the breath. And this breath is the wind element, is one of the four elements that compose the human body of uh, the four elements of earth, air, fire, and water. And these four elements come together and uh, create these bodies And if one of these elements uh, changes or becomes out of balance, then illness arises. So when we have mindfulness with the breathing, uh, don't control the breath to make it longer, or shorter, just let it be natural. And as the breath goes in and out, one can recollect the mantra Bhutto or not as one sees fit. And having mindfulness with the breath, if one's having a lot of thoughts arise, one can then recollect a mantra such as Bhutto in order to help. And this can help the mind become peaceful more easily. So know the breath as the object of the mind and doing so the mantra can uh, go away on its own, at this point, the mind will be firm and established on the in and out breathing. The awareness or sensations of feeling one's hands and feet may disappear and the body will feel lighter and the mind will feel peaceful. As the mind becomes more peaceful, it can feel as if there's no body at all or as if one is floating in the air and this is the mind achieving peacefulness to a certain degree. The thoughts will reduce and there'll be few thoughts and there'll be pity, rapture, sukha, happiness, and a feeling of fullness in the heart can arise. This is known as a peaceful mind, a mind that's collected in samadhi. We can also call this a firmly established chitta or mind. And the mind uh, collected in this way for about 10 or 15 minutes, then one may start to think again. Thoughts may arise again. So have mindfulness to know that thoughts are arising and know that these thoughts are impermanent. They're not a me, not a mine, they're not self. And seeing this is known as vipassana or clear seeing which is synonymous with seeing impermanence, seeing not self. So firstly, we do shamatha, tranquility. Then we see uh, change, see impermanence, and see ownerlessness, see not self. And this is vipassana. This is the arising of wisdom. So we, wisdom uses the peaceful mind as a foundation. One in this state, one thinks and can teach the heart. One teaches the heart not to cling, not to be afraid, not to hate, not to grasp after things, not to be greedy, and not to have these various unwholesome states of mind arise. And when the mind is peaceful, then the mind uh, can believe, can believe these teachings. This is due to the foundation of samadhi or peacefulness. However, if there's no collectedness, no samadhi, then the mind will not believe this because there's no foundation of peacefulness. So one practices the mind to become peaceful. And this peacefulness, this samadhi has very great benefits. Dana, generosity and sila or virtue also have great benefits. However, samadhi is even more beneficial as, uh, which is what the Buddha taught. And if we do dana and sila, generosity and virtue, then this will make collecting the mind in samadhi, make this easier. And once the mind is collected, then one becomes capable of knowing the truth of sankaras, the truth of formations. And this uh, is a cause for us and understanding the truth of Sankaras is the cause for us to not have suffering. If one has suffering, this means that one has wrong view and one is attached to the five aggregates, the five uh, heaps of body, material form, vedana, um, feeling, sanya, perception, Sankara, mental formations, and vinnana, consciousness. So clinging to these five khandhas as a self, as a me, as a mine, all the time, this is the normal state of the untrained mind. And this leads to the arising of stress and suffering. Numpu taught that this arising of dukkha is simply due to clinging, due to upadana or attachment If one has mindfulness, one is capable of cutting off upadana, cutting off attachment, and this makes it so that suffering does not arise. So we should have mindfulness and wisdom to protect and guard our hearts so that dukkha, stress does not arise. And this dukkha has a cause. The cause is upadana. Therefore, if there's no upadana, no attachment, then there is no dukkha that will arise. So we know that dukkha arises because of attachment, and all all dukkha that arises in the heart is because of this attachment. We can also say tanha craving, which is what the Buddha saw in the dependent origination, that uh, tanha is a link that leads to suffering. And The Buddha also taught that one must develop the Noble Eightfold Path in order to realize freedom from this cycle of suffering. So in order to extinguish dukkha, in order to um, cut off all dukkha, one must destroy clinging and one must guard the heart, take care of the heart. And doing so, then dukkha and mara will not arise. So we protect our hearts against Mara. So at the beginning, doing this practice of um, meditation is difficult, can be very difficult. To make the mind still, to make it free from thoughts uh, can be very difficult. However, keep practicing, keep doing it, keep making effort and then you'll have occasional peacefulness of mind arise, occasional samadhi, and then one day the body and mind will feel light and at ease, and at that point one can contemplate, contemplate the body, contemplate the breath going in, going out, and see the arising and passing away of the breath, and see that this body is here uh, due to the breath. If there is no breath, then the body simply dies. If the breath goes in and doesn't go out, this is death. If the breath goes out and doesn't go back in, then this is also death. So one needs the breath, one needs oxygen. One needs oxygen to enter the body or else the body dies. So we can see that we don't really need that much in this world. And at the When the body dies, it's just these four elements passing away and degrading. So, at the moment of death, if one recollects uh, a good action or a mind state of merit, if one recollects something good, then one can be born in a good place. And if one recollects something unwholesome, something bad, then one can be reborn in a bad place. So, Knowing this, we should be determined to build a good life for ourselves. So building a good life here means doing acts of generosity, doing uh, virtue, and this is building a good life, doing mental development, listening to Dhamma, doing meditation, this is all building goodness. So the great teachers teach that there is a hell, there is a heaven, there, there are the Brahma realms and there is Nibbana. And we may not see these things, but we may feel them in our hearts. We may not see them ourselves, but we can experience the reality of these different things in our hearts. So hell, heaven, Brahma realms and Nibbana, they're all right here in our hearts. So therefore one should develop the heart. And one can ask a heart in hell, what is that like? It is uh, torturous, it is painful, it is difficult. It is a heart with a high level of uh, suffering, pain, and difficulty. What is a human heart like? It's a heart with some pleasure, some pain. We could say a heart in more of a normal state. And what is a heavenly heart like? This is a heart with generosity, with sila, a heart that can give forgiveness a heart that doesn't wish to harm others. It's a heart that feels full and is feeling the benefits of goodness that one has done. It's a heart with hiri and ottapa, or fear of wrongdoing and shame of wrongdoing. This is the heart of a deva, we could say the heart of an angel, a heavenly being. And these two uh, qualities of uh, fearing, the results of wrongdoing and feeling shame of wrongdoing we can call they're known as the the deva dhammas the dhammas of of heavenly beings and we can ask what is the heart of a brahma being like we could say the heart of a god or a high a high level uh heavenly being and this is a heart that's still a mind that is still not thinking a heart that has rapture, pity, where one hour can go by and one feels like it's merely five minutes. It's a heart that is empty. This is the heart of a Brahma. The mind is collected at one point, and it's a heart that has the Brahma-viharas of uh, loving-kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, and, and equanimity in the heart. And we can say, what is the heart of... Uh, Nibbana-like, or what is Nibbana-like? To know this one must see the Dhamma, one must see the truth of reality, see impermanence, stress, and not self. See that the heart that is uh, the heart of goodness and the heart of badness, uh, they come and go. The heart has good and, and bad states at various times. So don't cling to these states. The mind is just the mind. It's not a me, not a I, not a mine. And one experiences pain and pleasure, and experiencing this pain and pleasure, um, one can realize that there's there's also the state of no pain and no pleasure as well. And so seeing the mind, it's not a me, not a I, not a mine and see that everything is Dhamma, all is Dhamma. It's not a me, not a I, not a you, not a them, not a they. It's a, we call it a being, but it's not a self, it's ownerless. And this is Dhamma, this is the heart that is empty, the heart that sees Nibbana. And seeing Nibbana, it's the same as seeing the Dhamma. And this is when the mind becomes holy, the mind becomes... A, uh, we could say the mind becomes a monastic. And Tongrat, the uh, teacher of Pu Cha, at one point he was teaching a lay person, and this lay person got very angry with him. And Tongrat said, Sātu, Sātu, the Dhamma has arisen. Sātu, Sātu, the Dhamma has arisen. So we can see that uh, wholesome mind states are dhammas of a wholesome type and unwholesome mind states like anger are dhammas of an unwholesome type. They're both dhammas. So Rat saw that there's no me, no you, no being there. It's simply dhamma arising and passing away. So a heart with a high level of dukkha, this is a heart that's in hell. A heart with a mixture of pleasure and pain at a more normal level this is a human heart a heart that's uplifted and fresh is a heart of an angel or a deva a heart that is still is a brahma and a heart that sees the four noble truths this is a heart that is holy a heart that is a a monastic so one can ask oneself where has my heart been today where's what is the, uh, what has been the typical place that my heart has, has been at today? What level has it been at? And one can reflect the, the state of not having virtue, not having sila. This is the state of being in a woeful state, an unfortunate state, like that of a, a jealous God, that of an animal, that of a hungry ghost, or that of a hell being. So in order to be a human, one needs uh, patient endurance. One needs uh, to be able to control one's likes and dislikes and have patient endurance with them. One should be determined to do goodness, to have uh, sacrifice and giving, to have generosity. And these are called the, uh, the dhammas of a layperson, or the uh, Lay person dhammas. So in order to be in the world, we should have these dhammas in our heart and we should have sila, have virtue. So if an individual is angry, angry, full of anger, and they speak and act out of this mind state, this is like being in hell. And we can see that um, when one does this, how does the heart feel? When one's very angry or filled with a, an unwholesome mind state, like anger or fear, what is the heart like? It's hot, it's agitated, and this is like a hell state. So in order to make the heart cooler, we should have sila, have virtue. And the sila is, a, is what makes the heart happy and cool. Sila is a cause for happiness. It is a noble wealth, an inner wealth. And having sila, one can then practice and gain collectedness of mind. And at this point, one is able to see the Dhamma, see the truth of reality. So we can see that this is a great benefit that arises. So be determined to have, (coughs) to be established in the five precepts, to see the truth that the Buddha taught, to see the Dhamma to guard the heart and to see where where is one's heart. Is it an angel? Is it a animal? Is it a human? Is it in a woeful state like a hungry ghost, jealous God or a hell state? And uh, it is taught that the devas are the mind in the state of a deva often drops down to a woeful state below the human realm and it is taught that there are many many a great number of beings in these woeful states so one can observe this in one's own experience when one's heart is very uplifted and then degrades from that state and drops down where does it go does it go to the level of a human or does it go lower than the level of a human So we should have virtue and be established in virtue. And this virtue is something that's capable of taking care of our hearts for a long time. And also practice generosity, practice mental cultivation and protect the heart, guard one's heart, develop your mind uh, to be good, to be in a good state And uh, and to protect the mind from these woeful states. And while one practices well in this way, one can realize a faith that is uh, stable, a faith that is unshakable. And this happens when one sees the Dhamma, sees the truth clearly. And seeing Nibbana or having Nibbana as the object of one's mind, this is the mind of one that is a stream enterer, one who realizes the first stage of enlightenment. And this is something that a monastic is capable of, and a lay person is also capable of. One uh, needs to be consistent in one's practice, consistently do one's practice. And at the very least, one can reduce one's selfishness or cut off uh, one's feelings of selfishness. So may you all be be determined in your practice May you all be well. May you all grow in blessings.